And we're going to look to 2 Chronicles 25. 2 Chronicles 25. And we're going to look at verse number 1. We're going to begin there. 1 and 2. It says, Amaziah was 25 years old when he began to reign. Now, we back up one chapter, we find that Joash, his father, was only seven years old when he began to reign. All right? A lot of wisdom coming from those king positions. Seven years old, man. He began to reign, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jehoiden of Jerusalem. Verse number two. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, yet not with a whole heart. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, yet not with a whole heart. Let's pray over the reading of the word before we get into this. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, that this word would come alive in our spirits. Lord, if there be anybody here that uh, is hurting, Lord, bring healing. If there's anybody sick, bring healing. If there's anybody broke down, bring healing tonight. Lord, I pray that uh, uh, anyone that is lost would be drawn to Christ by the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. Be magnified, be testified of Jesus that all men might be drawn unto you. We love you tonight and we're asking for your help, gifts of the Spirit. We are asking for them to be in operation that we may profit tonight in the name of Jesus, the gift of faith, the gift of miracles, the gifts of healing. Lord, what we need the most is what we're asking for in the name of the Lord Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. You may be seated tonight. Now we read that this young man who was 25 years old, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. If you back up to his father in the previous chapter, Joash did what was right in the sight of the uh, eyes of the Lord as well. But when you read about Joash, there wasn't that last line, yet not with a whole heart. Joash did what was right in the sight of the in the in the eyes of the Lord, what was right in the eyes of the Lord, but Amaziah did the same, but yet not with a whole heart. How many know that? All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Those words are in there for a reason. And so I would say how we do things matters with God. He said he didn't do it with a whole heart. How many know you can do things for the kingdom and you can do things for God? You can usher with an attitude. You can deacon with an attitude. You can, uh, 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 you can be a preacher with an attitude. You can be a singer with an attitude. And I'm going to tell you something. You're not going to get as much reward out of that if you do it with a good attitude. How many know what I'm saying? And yet, that's really not what I want to preach about. But I do want you to know that the Lord notices how you do things. And uh, when I read that, I read that in one generation, they, he went from doing what was right in the sight of the Lord to the next one did what was right, but he really didn't want to. How many know we can lose something in one generation? I'm a, I'm a well, really, my grandfather was a preacher, my dad's a preacher, and now here I am. And, and I'm going to tell you something, I don't want to lose what the previous generation had. I want to add two. I don't want there to be an asterisk by my name and, and there be something that isn't quite right. But I want to do what is right in the sight of the Lord. But let's go on down to verse number 5. 2 Chronicles chapter 25, verse number 5. And then Amaziah assembled the men of Judah 
and set them by fathers' houses under commanders of thousands and of hundreds for all Judah and Benjamin. He mustered those 20 years old and upward and found that they were 300,000 choice men fit for war, able to handle spear and shield. He hired also 100,000 mighty men of valor from Israel for 100 talents of silver. But a man of God came to him and said, O king, do not let the army of Israel go with you. For the Lord is not with Israel with all these Ephraimites or those from the north. But go, act, be strong for the battle. Why should you suppose that God will cast you down before the enemy? For God has power to help or to cast down. And Amaziah said to the man of God, But what shall we do about the hundred talents that I have given to the army of Israel? The man of God answered, Here we go, right here. This is what I want you to hear. The Lord is able to give you much more than this. The Lord is able to give you much more than this. Now, I don't know if we have, do we not have these scriptures up? No scripture. Okay, interesting. You're going to have to pull your Bible out. We'll have church like we had it this morning, turn the lights out. But there's a line there, and I really wish we could see it, but I want you to repeat it with me. The Lord is able to give you much more than this. Say that with me. The Lord is able to give you much more than this. Come on, say it again. The Lord is able to give you much more than this. I want you to get that down in your spirit. The Lord is able to give you much more than this. In verse 8, the man of God had come to Amaziah. Amaziah had 300,000 men in his army. And they were very good, uh, but yet uh, evidently Amaziah thought it wasn't enough. So he hired 100,000 mercenaries. He hires guys that wear camo pants and they got muscles and, and they're hiding something uh, under their belt. You know what I'm saying? If I go overseas and, and usually we stay uh, in, you know, out somewhere that's kind of rough and when we come back in the day before we leave, we usually stay by the airport. And there's always these guys with, with army-looking haircuts and with uh, 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 cargo kind of pants on, you know, and, uh, and they look kind of buff, you know, and uh, they're usually mercenaries. The government has either hired them in that third world nation to train their army or they're there doing something that I don't want to ask what they're doing. But you know what's going on. So he's hired some guys like that to help him. But the man of God comes and says to him, uh, you know, don't do that. These are Ephraimites. They are from the north and they are idol worshipers. And and, uh, he says, why do you suppose that God will cast you down before the enemy? For God has power to help or to cast down. See, Amaziah thought he could lose. So he thought he would try to help God out. Have you ever tried to help God out? I know he needs my help, so I'm going to help him out a little bit. Sometimes there are some of you that all you think you do is lose. It just seems like no matter what I do, it's not coming out right. No matter what happens, uh, uh, it's not going right. But the Bible says uh, uh, in Psalm 118.6, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what can man do unto me. The Bible says in Isaiah 41.10, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand 
hand of my righteousness. See, we got to understand that we cannot lose with God uh, on our side. Why do you think that God would let you lose tonight? Some of you have been losing sleep over your situation. You wake up at 4 a.m. and you're sweating. You're losing sleep over your situation and, and, and uh, you're really stressing out about it. The Bible says that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. So the truth is, if joy comes in the morning, why should I lose my sleep tonight? Because I'm going to tell you, God has got it. You cannot lose with God on your side. I'm here to tell you that God would rather set you up than set you down. See, mercy is all about God. God's mercy endures forever. And I'm thankful for that. And I believe uh, uh, with that, we got to understand that God wants to lift you up. But I'm going to be full gospel. There will be a judgment day for every one of us. I can talk about mercy, but I'm going to talk about uh, the judgment. Listen, when we stand before God, He is the just judge. We have judges in America that will not uphold our laws. We got judges that are corrupt. We got judges that will send some people to prison for too long and other people, uh, they don't go uh, long enough. Are you hearing me? So there's some corruption. But I'm going to tell you, one day you will stand before a judge that cannot be bought off, that will not stand for corruption. I'm here to tell you something, and we will all get what is coming to us, whether it be good or whether it be bad. So I'm here to tell you again, quit living your life for everybody else. Quit living for your friends. Quit living for your family. Quit living for your kids. Start living for God because he's the one that you will have to answer to one day. And I'm here to tell you, if you don't do it God's way, there will be consequences. But I'm going to tell you, if you uh, work with God, God has the power to help, but he also has the power to overthrow. To fight with God, you will receive his help. But to fight against God is to have God overthrow you. But Amaziah, here he is. He said, man, I, I, we need some more army. And what was so interesting about what he did, he hired 100,000 uh, mercenaries for 100 talents. I looked that up, and that would be millions of dollars today. And uh, the money he, that he used was so significant, it was, he's a little bitty country, all right? And the money he used could bankrupt this country. It was before you just printed bills when you didn't have anything to back it up. Okay. Some of you getting this tonight? And so it's, he did something that he thought, I'm going to help God out, but I'm going to tell you something. He thought, number one, that... God was not able to do this, but I'm saying to you, do not limit the God of no limits. Do not limit the God of no limits. Amaziah limited the God of no limits. See, we can limit God by uh, what he does in us by assuming what he can do and what he cannot do. When we assume what is possible and what is impossible, we limit God. There is a limit to which you can help yourself. I remember those things that we don't see anymore. They were called bookstores. Remember bookstores? I loved to go to the bookstore. And I'd go to the religion section and I'd, I'd find all kinds of books, but I'd sometimes go over to that self-help area. And I, sometimes those books seemed like they were pretty good, but I found out I couldn't help myself. My help comes from the Lord. 
There's a limit to which any man, woman, or institution can help you. There are problems that you can never solve with your uh, limited wisdom, your limited power, your limited ability, your limited financial resources. But listen, God has no limits because he is limitless. So whatever is limiting, you can turn when God gets involved. Whatever is limiting, you can turn quickly when God gets involved. Amaziah hired these mercenaries. And the problem was these guys practiced idolatry. They were idol worshipers. And it matters who you hang with. It matters who you're with. And sometimes we live this life and we're tempted to compromise Bible values to get ahead in this world. Well, I'll just do it this one time. But I'm going to tell you... You cannot compromise Bible values to fit into this world and come out on top. Are you understanding that? God's help is worth more to you than anything else in this world. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles 25 and 9, the Lord is able to give you much more than this. The Lord is able to give you much more than this. I think we need to hear that because on the news we're hearing all kinds of stuff. We're hearing all kinds of things happening. We hear of shortages and we hear of inflation and we hear uh, that things are going to be hard and we hear that we are living in days of uncertainty and we hear of wars and rumors of wars and we hear about governments faltering and we have issues and how many know there are spirits that are loose in this world we have an antichrist spirit we have an Absalom spirit we have a Jezebel spirit we have a spirit of fear we have a spirit of death we have a spirit of suicide but how many know there is no spirit as powerful as the spirit of this Bible, the Holy Ghost. I'm here to tell you something. The Lord is able to give you much more than this. Somebody needed to hear that. You're sweating and biting your fingernails. Folks, the Lord is able to give you much more than this. The Holy Spirit still breaks the chains of bondage. He still sets the captive free and I'm going to ask you are you going to believe CNN are you going to believe Washington D.C. are you going to believe China are you going to believe MSNBC are you going to believe Fox are you going to believe Trump are you going to believe Biden I'm going to tell you I've decided whose report are you going to believe I'm going to believe the report of the Lord somebody say amen now This man came to Amaziah and said, the Lord is able to give you much more than this. I pray tonight if you wake up, that's in your spirit. The Lord is able to give me much more than this. The Lord is able to give you much more than this. Say it with me. The Lord is able to give me much more than this. See, it's dangerous to take one little scripture out of the Bible and preach it. You understand that? Some of you take one little thing, you know? You can, you can get really messed up taking one little scripture, but when it's weaved throughout the whole Bible, when you read your Bible, this is weaved through the whole Bible. See, some of you have lost something of great value, and you're here tonight, and you say, well, I'm never going to get that back, but I'm going to tell you, tonight the Lord is able to give you much more than this. Somebody here has experienced a divorce and I just want to say the Lord is able to give you much more than this. How many understand that the will of God many times is contrary uh, to your senses and it will take faith? See, God wants you to use faith because faith is what pleases Him. 
Faith is something that connects you to the unlimited power of God, which in turn empowers you. Faith empowers you to do the impossible. When Moses stretched out his hand over the Red Sea and the waters parted, that was faith. And faith uh, allowed them to part that water and uh, then walk over on dry land. I'm here to tell you, we need to connect to God through our faith. Have uh, faith in God. Have the God kind of faith. When he spoke, something happened. When you speak over your situation, something will break loose. When you begin to speak uh, over your children that they'll be saved, something's going to start working on your behalf. That in the heavenly realm, God sends angels on your behalf and shoves demons out of the way just so he can get to you. See, tonight, your success hinges on your obedience. Your increase, your abundance, your multiplication. God said he was able to give him much more than this if he would only obey. I mean, the Bible says if you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Listen, my wife, when she was 19 years old, went to church on Sunday morning with her mother. They had a fight on the way to church. Anybody have that? You know, World War III starts, and you think maybe this is Armageddon. Somehow, they had a fight on the way to church, but they had an evangelist there. He said, somebody here has a broken relationship. She looked over her friend. She said, maybe he's talking about me and my mom. She went to the altar to fix that broken relationship, and when she went to the altar, out of obedience, she was filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Acts 5.32 says he gives the Holy Ghost to them that obey him. Isaiah 119 says uh, that if you be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. How many want to eat the good of the land? See, some people say, well, I do what he wants, but I've invested too much in this. See, Amaziah, he said, well, what about the money? I gave it to those guys. What about it? What should I do with my investment of money, my time, my ability? What about the habit that I have? I put so much into it, that hobby that I have, that project, that relationship. You know, there's people, but I've been going out with her for a long time. Well, she was crazy when you started dating. Break up! (laughs) If it's hard while you're dating, just wait till you get married. You're only dating the representative. The real one comes out when you get married. (laughs) I don't know what's happening here. But he said something about being obedient. So I grew up in western Oklahoma. And we had wheat farmers. Wheat farmers. Some of these farmers in my dad's church had 12,500 acres, 10,000 acres, 7,500 acres. It takes a lot of acreage for wheat to bring you enough money to live on. All right? They would plant their seed in October. Harvest came at the end of May, the beginning of June. Now, in Oklahoma, the end of May and the beginning of June can be a rough time because you got lots of storms. Our, our storms start about March. All right? And... Into May and June, you're still, you know, worried about tornadoes and stuff. Now, in those days, we didn't have the news like we have now. 
The town I grew up in in 1947 had the worst tornado ever recorded in America. More people died in that tornado than any other tornado even up to this date. So that town was very gun-shy about tornadoes and storms. So we would hear on the news, like Friday, on Monday we're going to have a big chance to have terrible storms be on the lookout. Okay, that's all. And they'd say, we're probably going to have hail. That's H-A-I-L, okay? <laughs> Did you get that? Because I say H-E-L-L the same way. But we're probably going to have hail. Now, we sometimes have a little pea-sized hail. We sometimes have golf ball, but we have softball sometimes. Now, that's nothing compared to a hailstone during the tribulation. A hailstone during the tribulation may weigh up to 125 pounds, so I think you don't want to be here for the tribulation. Be ready for the rapture. That's a good sermon right there. But these farmers in my dad's church, they would hear the report that on Monday, we're going to have a terrible storm. Now, these guys would work as hard as they could on Saturday, as late as they could. They'd put lights They'd do whatever they had to do to get the crop in. But on Sunday, those farmers would be sitting in my dad's church. My dad would say, Don't, isn't there a storm coming tomorrow? They'd say, yeah. But they'd say, the Bible says to keep the Sabbath day holy. They'd be there. They'd come back on Sunday night. The safe farmers come to church on Sunday night. I'm afraid to look at the farmers that are here. Okay, but I'm kidding. I'm not kidding, but I am kidding. But they come back, and my dad would be like, tomorrow's supposed to be bad weather. Now here, there'd be a line. This is where the guy's section in, okay? This is his neighbor. There's a fence going down. This wheat belongs to the farmer that went to church, this farmer worked on Sunday because he's not a churchgoer. He's not a Bible believer. All right? That storm somehow would just come and jump right over those guys' farm that went to my dad's church and would get all over that next land. Yeah. You say, is that a coincidence? Well, if it is, I kind of like how it works. <laughs> Look at Chick-fil-A. They got hammered because they had some values that people didn't like. But now Chick-fil-A, my wife loves it. My daughter loves it. Now, I'm not, you know, I'm not against Chick-fil-A. But I, I don't know. To me, I'm hungry an hour after I eat there. Because all they bring me is a little boy's meal. A few little nuggets have this. Like I, I got to buy the family pack just to get enough to eat. Okay, I'm sorry. But everybody said they're doomed. Culture wanted to cancel Chick-fil-A. But I just went through yours last night. I, I didn't have any chicken. I had a big boy iced tea. But I'm going to tell you something. They expanded during Corona while other people shut down. 
And they're not even open on Sunday. The largest franchise in America is no longer McDonald's. Chick-fil-A is beat them down, and they have less franchises than McDonald's. There's a McDonald's on every corner, but there's not a Chick-fil-A on every corner. I'm going to tell you, there's something about putting God first. Are you understanding you? When you give an obedience to the Lord, you will never be able to outgive God. I'm going to tell you, there's something about obeying God. Noah obeyed God, and look what happened. It saved his family. Somebody here tonight needs to obey God, and it will save your family. Let's get back to Amaziah. Here's Amaziah. He's the king. Now, it said that his mother's name was Jehoiden. Think about that. Why did it tell us his mother's name? It's like, you know, you ever talk to somebody and they tell you a bunch of stuff and you're like, why are you even telling me that? Because I'm having a hard time paying attention. His mother's name was Jehoiden. And I read it and I'm like, but you know, I, I get thinking about that. His mama probably set him on his lap when he was little. Amaziah's sitting on Jehoiden's lap. And she's patting him on the back and saying, man, you're handsome. You're going to be a better king than your dad. She's talking, she's telling him, you're a champion. I watched Joel Osteen today and, and you're going to be a champion. She's, you know, that's what we should do to our children. We shouldn't just talk to them when we're mad at them. Build them up. Speak good words over him. But listen, she probably told him that your name, Amaziah, means the Lord strengthens. So he's been told that as a little kid. He's been told by his mom, your name means the Lord strengthens. He should have known that the Lord would make it up to him. How many understand we should know that Jesus said we can have the abundant life? Jesus said uh, that you can have abundant life. Are you with me here? He, uh, the word of God says he is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. The word of God says he's El Shaddai, the God that's more than enough. How many are glad that our sufficiency is him? My God shall supply my every need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I'm here to tell you something. I got to go by what the word of God says. You need to remind yourself that at times you do not get what you deserve. Thank the Lord for that. But the Lord spares you from your own thinking. He thought the only way he could win was by an army. But the loss will be made up by God. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things uh, shall uh, come unto you. I believe there's something about living in the last days. Don't be surprised when you put God first, no matter what is going on around and whatever circumstances you're facing, you will not come in last. The Bible says if your earthly father wants to give you good things, how much more will the heavenly father give good things to them that ask? And that includes the Holy Ghost. With him, nothing is impossible. He came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Somebody needs to remember that he is the all-sufficient one tonight. Listen, anything you attempt to do to obey God will not go unrewarded. So what do I mean by that? Well, I was at a church, and uh, I preached, and I preached uh, on a subject that is legal in America, but the Bible's against it. You can just pick any one of them. 
And after church, the pastor came up to me and said, please don't preach that in my church ever again. Yeah. Here's what I, I have preached for 40 years. And in 40 years, I've never had a pastor tell me, don't preach what's in the Bible at my church. If it's in the Bible, I think it's free game. And I, 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 I never preach on that subject that he said don't preach about. But when he said not to, it made me really want to. Because what you probably don't like the preacher preaching about is probably what you need the most. So he said, don't preach that. I didn't get in a big fight with him. I didn't say, you're a lousy so-and-so. What kind of preacher are you that don't believe the Bible? I didn't say that. I thought it. But I didn't get in a fight. It's not my church. I'm not here to mess up the church for a pastor. I'm here to help. All right? But I made up my mind if I got invited back, I'm not going. All right? I can't help what happened, but I, I can help what happens from here on out. All right? So I, I didn't think I'd get another call because I, I said some stuff. You know, I didn't think he'd call me. He called me. He said, can you come? And I, I didn't say, no, you won't let me preach. No, I said, no, I'm busy, and I can't be there that week. That's all I said. I was not lying. I just went, called the people I was going to be with in Guatemala and said, I'm going to stay two extra days. <laughs> I was busy. That's all I did, Okay. Because some, some of you just want to fight all the time, okay? And I, I know I'm supposed to fight the good fight of faith, but my fight is not with flesh and blood. So I just left it alone. But I got off the phone and I began to have buyer's remorse. You know what that is? Because this church was a church like this that really blesses me. Okay, not every church blesses me like Fountain of Life. Not that church in particular, probably the offering for one week was about six churches added together, okay? Because not every church blesses me. I hit the big time this year. I got $125 for preaching a week this year. You know you can't live on that. Okay, so don't get all, oh, fountain of life does too much. No, you're making up for some losers. Now, if, if you only give me 125 and that's the best you can do, then I'm all about it. But I knew they could do better than that. Okay, when you give crumbs, that makes you a crummy church. We already took the offering, relax. But I'm thinking about the gospel is free. I get that. But they're not giving a soccer stadium away. They're not giving water wells away. They're not giving food for children away. So I'm thinking, I just said goodbye to blessing a lot of people. I got off the phone. And I'm like, and then there was somebody that texted me almost immediately after that phone call, like two minutes, literally. I said, I want to meet with you. They met with me. 
And they told me they had some things that they were selling that they were going to give to the ministry. Now, this isn't somebody that's loaded to the gills. This is somebody that works an average job, but uh, 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 average job, above average maybe, but it, you know what I'm saying? It, we're not talking about somebody that just, you know, had a silver spoon in their mouth. He said, I've sold some stuff, and it was meaningful stuff to him. But he said, the Lord told me to give the other money. When I received that check, I opened it up, and it was more than what I would have got had I gone to preach at that other church. How many know the Lord is able to give you much more than this? The Lord is able to give you much more than this. And I'm telling you that money must never stand in the way of making right decisions. See, whatever obedience costs, it's always cheaper than disobedience. And that's good preaching right there. The third thing I want to say, God's favor is priceless. God's favor is priceless. His favor will take you where your talent will not. The Lord's favor is priceless. It's worth more than any amount of money. His favor will send you to the top when you should not. How many know we sing it? His grace hath brought me safe thus far. That's favor. Grace is favor and kindness toward mankind shown by the Lord Jesus Christ. You remember Joseph? Joseph was overlooked. He was talked about. He was plotted against and still came out on top. I'm hearing, hearing the Lord say, some of you have been overlooked. You've been plotted against. You've been talked about. I'm here to tell you, you can still come on top. The Lord is able to give you much more than this. Favor can do what is naturally impossible. God can locate you anywhere to give you favor. He found David, uh, the little shepherd boy. He lined up all, uh, all the brothers and they said, there's got to be somebody else. Well, we got one out in the field. How many know that God can find you where you're at? He found Moses on the backside of the desert. He saw. He found Saul on the road to Damascus. So I don't care how hidden you feel and I don't care how obscure you feel and I don't care how, how insignificant you feel. The Lord is able to give you much more than this. Somebody say amen tonight. One moment of God's favor can catapult you into a new arena. That's it. That's it. Listen, the disciples, they came to Jesus, and when that woman broke open the alabaster box, he said, they said, they could have, we could have sold that and given it to the poor. He said, the poor you always have with you. Now think about that. He just proved he wasn't poor. Poor Jesus. No, I say poor devil. But he says something. He says, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this, that this woman has done, be told for a memorial of her. See, sometimes it's not logical. Sometimes we think different, but here we are talking this woman is talked about because of what she did for the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord is able to give you much more than this. I was reading Amos 9.13 the other day. It talks about when you sow, you reap almost before you can sow again. And I got these words. They say something like this. I'll exceed all you expect. I'll increase all you invest. I'll accelerate time to accomplish my kingdom purpose through your life. I believe we're living in those days.
that God is able to give you much more than this. See, some of you think that, well, I'm slowing down. I've retired. The Lord is able to give you much more than this. I, some of you think, well, I'm about done. The Lord is able to give you much more than this. I, you look at the world and see, I got all kinds of issues. The Lord is able to give you much more than this. I had a couple opportunities that I let pass by in my life. Great opportunities. If I told you about them, you'd be like, why didn't you do it? Well, I had some reasons. I don't hang out with shady people. But I had opportunity. And the church I was getting ready to go to was the world's largest church. It wasn't, they weren't, they didn't, their pastor wasn't shady, but the guy that invited me to be there was shady. And I let it pass me by, but I'm going to tell you something. Now those guys are nowhere to be found. They're sitting on the sidelines. I don't know, but I, I want him when I get there to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Are you understanding me? You've got to make the right decisions, folks. The Lord is able to give you much more than this. Everybody stand to your feet in this building. Say it with me. The Lord is able to give me much more than this. The Lord is, you know, my grandma used to have a little bread basket on the table, little tiny one with these little cards. It was like, you know, Pentecostal witchcraft. We'd pull one out. <laughs> this is God's word for me today. <laughs> you know, like a fortune cookie. I'm just kind of messing with you. I'm totally joking about that. But I never saw Amos, I mean, I never saw 2 Chronicles 25 and 9. I've read my Bible through over and over and over. Never read that story that I remember about. But I believe that God's given it to me. It's been speaking to me. I don't know if it spoke to anybody tonight, but the Lord is able to give you much more than this. You go back and read that story. You need to get it in your spirit. Because I'm going to tell you something. We're living in a day where... They're trying to tell you that you can't make it in this economy. I don't live by this world's economy. I live by heaven's economy. I'm not here, you know, I could gripe a little bit about stuff. But the truth is, the Lord is able to give me much more than this. Whatever, the Lord is able to give me much more than this. I'm trying to help somebody. Some of you are about ready to give yourself a stroke if you don't turn it over to the Lord. Across this building, I'm going to ask you a question tonight. I've asked it this way many times. We all are going to have our day before God. We like His mercy, but there is judgment day. The Bible said it is appointed unto man once to die, and then the judgment. In the last two years, we've had people that we love so very much going on to be with the Lord. Many of them, before we thought they were ready. You know, before we were ready for them to leave, for sure. Unexpected things. So that tells me I need to be ready for my appointment no matter what day of the week it is, no matter what time of my life it is, whether I'm young or whether I'm old. There's young people that have been passing away. There's old people that have been passing away. 
Mysteriously. Why do we see that every week in the paper? They, they just drop dead. The Bible said it's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. Everybody is going to have an appointment with God. I've had appointments that I've been, most of the time I'm early for my appointments. But I've been late before. You know, there'll be an accident. The other day, or last Sunday night, we were on our way to church and we had to drive an hour and 20 minutes from where we were at in West Virginia. We got on the highway and we were stuck an hour and 45 minutes because of a wreck. We were 20 minutes late for church. They waited on us. God's not waiting for you for your appointment. You'll be right on time. And you're going to give an account of yourself. Think about that. Do you want to be in front of God with sin, unconfessed sin in your life? You want to be in front of God with disobedience in your life? How's it going to be on that day for you? If you had to stand before him right now, this was your appointment. Are you ready? Heads bowed, eyes closed, nobody looking around. If you had to stand before him right now, are you ready? And I'm asking this this way. Some of you say, well, I'm about 98 or 99% sure I'm ready to meet God. I say you're 100% lost. 1 John 5, 13 says you can know you have eternal life. Luke 10 says you can know your name is written in heaven. Romans 8 says that you can know you're a child of God. So if you're here and you you have doubt, I'm going to tell you there's a reason. God's dealing with your heart right now. You're in this building and you say, Preacher, I'm 100% sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm ready to meet God. I'm talking to you. I'm asking a little backwards, so pay attention. How many in this building would say tonight, Preacher, I'm 100% sure heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If this were my appointment, To stand before God, I am ready beyond a shadow of a doubt. If that's you, would you lift up your hand in the air and leave it up for a moment? Heads are bowed, though, still. It's just between me and God. If you're not sure, don't raise your hand, all right? But if you are, leave it up. You can put your hands down. Now, what I saw, I'm going to tell you, God already knows. He has a book, the Lamb's Book of Life. Names are written in that book. The Bible talks about some names are in that book that are blotted out. That's a whole nother sermon. Some of you used to be ready to meet God, but now you're not. God's speaking to your heart. Others of you are here, just not sure you're ready to meet God. We had people in every section that could not raise their hand. I'm going to ask you to do something that's going to take some courage and guts. I use these scriptures all the time because they mean so much to me. But he said, Jesus did, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. You deny me, I will deny you. That's what he said. Again, he said, though, if you come to him, he's not going to cast you out. You'll find mercy if you come to him. In this building, you couldn't raise your hand, but you say, Preacher, I need a fresh start. I need a new beginning. I couldn't raise my hand. I'm not sure I'm ready for that appointment with God, but I need a fresh start, a new beginning. I'm asking you to get some courage right now. Step out of your seat. You couldn't raise your hand. I'm not asking you to join the church. I'm not asking you to shake my hand, but I'm asking you to come. Stand here facing me right now. If you'll come, some other people will come with you. Come on, young lady. Come on, sir. Come on. Come on, Dad. Would you come? You say, I'm not sure that I'm ready to meet God. I'm not sure I'm right uh, for that appointment with God. God's dealing with your heart right now. Thank you for coming. Is there somebody else that would come right now? Come on. 
Come on. Thank you. Come on, there's still others that need to come. Come on, you say, well, I, I, I don't, I don't want to, I'm worried what people will think. It's not what people think, it's what God thinks. Come on, is there anybody else that will come right here? Come on, there's still people that need to come. There's some young people that need to come. There's, some, there's a dad that still needs to come. Come on. You say, what will the preacher think? He won't be the one you stand before. What will your wife think? Your wife already knows your issues. Get in the altar, sir. Is there anybody else that will have the guts and courage to come? Come on. Somebody else tonight. I'm waiting just a few more seconds. Thank you for coming. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. Some of you ought to be interceding. Look, I, I think we've gotten out, uh, out of the habit of doing that. Every time somebody gives an invitation at this church, some of you ought to be praying under your breath and interceding that somebody is going to give their heart to Jesus. Come on. You're standing around somebody that's bound. They need to be set free. You ought to be praying. We had more hands that were not raised than what has come up here. I'm still reaching out for another. He's not willing that any should perish. Come on, would you come? Come on, would you come? I'm waiting just a few more. A few more seconds here. Come on, we're waiting on you. Will you come? Lord, have mercy in the name of Jesus. I declare freedom in the name of the Lord. Freedom in the name of Jesus. Liberty. Be loosed in the name of Jesus. Come on, get some courage and come. Anyone else? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait just a few more seconds. Thank you for coming. Listen, if you're in your seat and you've had any disobedience and you want to take care of it, get in this altar right now. Come on, I don't know what it is. I'm not asking. You've been living in any disobedience, get in the altar. Come on. I'm going to ask another thing. You need favor over a situation tonight. The Lord is able to give you much more than this. I want you to get in the altar. You need favor over a situation. I want you to come right now. Come on, join us. Come on, join us right here. I need favor. I need God's favor. Maybe you've been limiting God in a situation. You need God to move on your behalf. I want you to get in this altar right now. Some of you are looking for some direction. The man of God came to Amaziah and said, The Lord is able to give you much more than this. Why do you think you could lose? You need the Lord's direction in your life. You need, you need Him to show you some things to come. I want you to get in this altar. We're going to pray with you. Listen, some of you have a situation in your body, a sickness, a disease. I'd get in this altar. You say, why am I broadening it out? Because I'm telling you, the Lord is able to give you much more than this. I don't know what the doctor said. The doctor might say, you're always going to have it. It's going to get worse. Prepare for it to get worse, but I'm going to tell you the Lord is able to give you much more than this. I'd get in this altar. Somebody's had a long-standing illness and it's not gotten better, but it's gotten worse. And it seems like it's going to get worse. That's what you've been told, but the Lord is able to give you much more than this. I'd get in this altar right here. Now I want you to do something tonight. I want some people that will help me pray to get in here and you're going to get behind a few people to help me pray, but we're going to pray one for another here in a moment. But I want us all to lift up our hands in this place right now. 1 Timothy 2.8 says, I will that men pray everywhere. That's mankind, men, women, children, teenagers. I will that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. I want you to lift up both hands. 
And when you do, you're just showing God you're not mad at Him. You're showing God that you're here in faith. You're pleasing God with your hands lifted up. And I want you to pray this prayer with me, especially those here that are not sure they're ready to meet God. I want you to pray with me. But I want everybody to help me pray. I want you to pray out loud. This morning when I asked people to pray out loud, in the second service, it was kind of quiet. We want you to be a little bolder. Don't be ashamed. Say this with me right now. Dear God in heaven, I know one day I will stand before you. I'm going to have an appointment, and I want to be ready. I ask Jesus Christ to come into my heart. I need a fresh start. I need a new beginning. Today, I put you first, Jesus. And as I put you in first, I'm never coming in last. Jesus, you died on the cross for me. You shed your blood for me. And your blood is cleansing me from every sin. I repent of my past. I have a change of heart, a change of mind, a change of direction. I am never going to be the same. I believe that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. And I boldly confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. I'm never going to be the same. The Lord is able to give me much more than this. I receive in the name of Jesus. I receive in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, give Him praise right now. Give Him glory right now. Hey, I'm Hans Hess. Thank you so much for watching today. And I just pray that this service has been a great blessing to you. Listen, many of you out there have needs. You have needs physically. You want healing in your body or you have uh, oppression or anxiety you're dealing with or, or the weight of an addiction or sin in your life. Whatever the issue is, you know, Jesus can handle it. And I want to pray for you today before we leave here and just believe God for the best in your life. You're a winner in Christ. I've read the end of the book and we win in the end. So pray with me this brief prayer. Come on, mean it with all of your heart. Father, in Jesus' name, forgive me of all my sin and wash it away. Heal my body. Touch my mind, Lord. Bring total freedom to me today, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And if you said that, you can say amen. And you know what? Each time a sports team wins a victory, they always have a celebration. So why don't go ahead right where you are and just thank God and give God some praise. Thanks for joining us. Stay in contact with us and uh, come back and visit us.